Welcome to the Druids Grove, where we discuss all things related to Druids, their history, current day practices, and how to build a deeper connection and relationship with the earth. I'm so glad you're here. If you find what I have to share helpful, please subscribe and share with others that may enjoy it, and check the show notes for more information. Come on in, relax for a bit, and I hope you enjoy. Hello and welcome to the Druids Grove. Thank you for joining me. Today we're going to be talking about maybe one of my favorite subjects. We're going to be talking about the subject of spirit as it relates to druidry and probably some other pagan practices as well. So in the animism episode, we looked at we kind of looked at the topic of spirit and the concept of spirit, but we we recognized that everything that we can see is alive. And so if everything is alive, then everything must have its own spirit. And spirit is considered um, the fifth element. Um, you know, we have earth, air, water, and fire, and then spirit is the fifth element. And if we look at the, the circle, um, the circle that is used in um, ceremony, so we have, you know, the directions which represent each of the elements, spirit lies at the center of the circle. And if we look at the, the star that represents paganism, the, the star symbol that represents paganism, spirit is at the top part of the star. And that doesn't mean that it's necessarily the most important. They are all equal. Um, but from a Druid's perspective, the spirit is kind of the vitality and the energy behind everything that, that keeps it moving f- forward. Spirit is what allows something to continue to be that something, to be what it is. It allows everything to continue to exist, to serve a purpose, to have a goal, um, to, to, to serve its purpose. And, of course, there are people outside of Druidry that may disagree with that. They may think that not everything has a spirit, that not everything is alive, and that is completely understandable. I mean, from you know a non-Druid or non-Pagan perspective, um, you know, we can, someone can look at a rock. A rock doesn't move. It doesn't react or respond to a stimulus that, you know, we can't see immediately. Um, you know, so it can't possibly be alive. It can't have a spirit, right? Um, or, you know, a tree or a plant, they, they can't have a spirit. It's just, it's just a, it's just a tree. It's just a plant. Um, but if we look at spirit, um, how, how would we define spirit? Is it energy is it consciousness? Is it consciousness with self-will and decision-making capabilities? So, you know, that's, that's a, a concept or a definition that one may have to come to the conclusion on their own and to make up their own definition there. What does spirit mean to you? And if we look at Druidry, uh, if Druidry is a spiritual practice, that means that it is approached from a subjective experience, not an objective experiences experience. So spiritual practices, you know, by kind of, by function and by definition are subjective. You know, we get to decide how we view reality, uh, how we approach the seen and the unseen, um, you know, our world, the other worlds. We, we decide from our own approach and perspective how we view these things. You know, if I choose to believe that a rock or a tree or a plant is alive and has its own spirit, I will be more likely to show respect and reverence for that entity. 
I'm more likely to take the time to understand where it came from, what its origins are, what purpose it serves. You know, if we look at things from a rock's perspective, what journey is the rock on? What 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 is the lifespan and the purpose of a tree? You know, I can I can much more easily take this kind of spiritual approach if I assume that everything has a spirit. If I go through the world thinking that only humans are capable of having a spirit because they are consciousness, or they have consciousness and they um, have self-will and they can make their own decisions. They're not just functioning on impulse. And that's all that, you know, delineates something being spiritual. That's a very one-sided view of seeing reality in the universe. I mean, when we look at the word spiritual, you know, if I'm having a spiritual experience, the root word of that is spirit. So if I'm having a spiritual experience, I am seeing the spirit in myself and I'm seeing the spirit in all other things. It's about a spiritual connection. So we don't have to assume this perspective, but it does make interacting with the world around us much more uh, enjoyable and uh, peaceful and uh, much more connected. And then we can take another perspective. So let's look at what about other objects in our day-to-day lives? What about a table or whatever device you're using to listen to this podcast or a dinner plate or a car? You know, do they have a spirit? Do they have their own individual identity? And people that view the world from kind of a scientific perspective, they may look at these items and, you know, they can acknowledge the molecules that are inside of them and the atoms and, you know, the fact that they create heat through this anatom- or atomic vibration of the electrons flying all around. And then they can say, yeah, sure, they have energy, but energy is not spirit. Again, this is a matter of perspective. How do you choose to view this? I get to choose how I see and understand the world around me. That is not up to anyone else to, to define for me or to tell me how to view the world. If I choose to see the spirit of a phone or the spirit of a table or a car or a dinner plate that that is present, I can develop a a different type of appreciation for it. I can develop a relationship with it, a respect for it. You know, I will will treat it much differently than if I just saw it as an object or a tool that is at its disposal for me and my purposes. I'm, I'm more likely to treat things like that that seem to be just an objective tool or item, I will treat them much more carefully. I will take care of it and and love it more. And not because, you know, simply because it costs money or I'm I'm just too lazy to replace it. I don't want to go through the hassle if it breaks, you know, or if I lose it. But because to me, it is a valuable thing in my life that I'm grateful to have on my journey through this life. And this is not a perspective that I had before Druidry. Um, I was very much more the, um, I thought I was a spiritual person, um, I, I tried to take care of the things that I had, but I just looked at, oh, it's just, you know, whatever it is, I can replace it later. It's not a big deal. But now I look at all the different connections that went into it. Um, you know, when we can look, when we look at all the kind of constituent components that make up an item, we can appreciate where they come from. Where in the earth were they dug up? Where were they manipulated and changed in a factory? You know, we can look deeply into that. We can look at the people that took care of these items to make them what they are today through the whole process of bringing them to us. 
we can see the connection with all of the people and the places and the things that help to make it what it is today. And so when I approach things that way, I have a much deeper respect of the spirit of them and the spirit of everything connected to it. So regarding spirit, we can, we can look at the human spirit from many different perspectives as well. You know, we've all been around so many types of people in our lives. We can kind of feel this, the spiritual energy coming off of people. You know, have you ever looked at someone and felt uh, negative energy coming off of them? You know, is it because they are a bad, negative person? Or is it because they're simply sad? Or maybe they're just having a bad day? Uh, or maybe they're a serial killer looking for their next victim. We, we don't know. Um, but what about looking at someone and seeing their positive energy or their positive spirit? Are they truly a good person? Or are they on drugs or, or alcohol or something and their egotistical defenses are down so they're just more open and they're more talkative and friendly and approachable? How can we tell what the kind of base spirit energy is when looking at someone? Well, we can't really. So um, in Druidry, we talk about balance. So we talk about balance and peace and kind of equanimity um, in all things. Um, so when we interact with people and when we interact with their spirit or their spirit energy, we must meet them where they are in that moment. So our spirit meets their spirit in that moment and we are both together in that moment. And so, you know, whether they are having a good or a bad day, or whether we are having a good or a bad day, what that means is that at a deeper level, we are looking at the universe expressing itself. So when we see someone else and we see their spirit, we are seeing the universe express its spirit in each one of us as we come together in that moment. For instance, in many practices, when people greet each other, they will use gestures or words or greetings that kind of acknowledge this concept. Um, you know, this, people still do this today. I'm sure people have heard the word namaste. You know, it's very, um, it's kind of catchy, you know, like yoga and Eastern, Eastern traditions and that kind of thing. And people adopt it kind of colloquially, like, you know, put their hands together and say namaste, which, you know, I recognize the, be the being in you and all that kind of stuff. But in ancient times, um, this process and, and this practice was much more important than it is today, really. I mean, I guess you, I guess that's debatable. Um, you know, looking at our the culture that we are in today, it may be more important today to start practicing this. But in ancient times, when uh, social structures and communities were much smaller, you know, it was much more important to greet others with a sense of respect and acknowledgement that in some way, you know, we are all in this together. You know, long long ago, before civilizations were developed, um, you know, people kind of behaved like animals to some extent. Um, you know, some people and some cultures still do today, of course. Um, they, you know, these, these type of people in the past and today, they exist and interact with others kind of from a place of selfishness or egoism or hatred of others or distrust. You know, their goal is to, to get what they want without respect for others. And if we follow that kind of down, you know, to its ultimate conclusion, this will usually lead to war or famine, um, you know, extinction, you know, if, if extinction of the species if carried out to its logical end, you know. Um, so 
by acknowledging the spirit in others and seeing that our spirit emanates from the same origin and the same place, we can be respectful. We can have common goals. We can build relationships and promote communication. You know, even if you come across someone who is angry or disrespectful or sad or, you know, any other negative emotion, we can choose how to approach them. We can choose to recognize the spirit in them that is also in us. If we greet them with the same negative energy that they have, we will kind of repel each other. So, you know, much like in scientific terms, opposites attract and similar charges repel each other. If someone is angry or sad and I approach them seeing myself in them and seeing the spirit of the universe in them, I want to help them. I want to ease their suffering because I see myself in them and I wouldn't want to suffer the same way that they are suffering. However, if I approach this person with uh, a selfish attitude and you know not recognizing the spirit of myself or the universe in them, then I won't care what will happen to them. I will just carry on selfishly and do my own thing. And what this does, this allows the other person to continue in negativity. Have you, and if you think about it, have you ever helped someone simply for the sake of helping them or just being, just being nice for the sake of being nice, you know, without seeking recognition or payment or reward? You know, if you've done this, you know that feeling that you have inside, the feeling of being helpful, of inspiring hope, um, and this helps you feel better on the inside. And this is because when you help someone else, you are helping your own spirit and the spirit of the universe. Since we're all interconnected, we're helping the spirit of the universe. And conversely, you know, if you've ever had someone ask for help or come to you with a negative attitude and you put up a wall or a barrier or you try to ignore them, how do you feel inside? Does it make you feel worse? Probably. This is because, you know, by you treating them poorly, you are treating yourself poorly and the universal spirit poorly. So to kind of change directions a little bit, when we look at animals, we can feel the same energy and spirit in them. And many people have a deep connection with animals. Many domesticated animals can tell when a person has good energy or bad energy or bad good or bad spirit. Um, you know, that some people are animal people and animals go directly to them and that's because they can tell that they have a good spirit. And animals can tell if someone has a bad spirit and they tend to stay away from that person. You know, if I treat my pets, if I have pets, cats, dogs, lizards, whatever, if I treat my pets like family, you know, the way that I would want to be treated, then there's this like beautiful symbiotic relationship of mutual trust and respect and love. And, you know, many of us have lost pets, you know, in our lives due to illness or just time, you know, old age, or just simply having them, they get lost or they run away. And for many people, I'm one of those, you know, the depth of suffering and sadness that we feel is just immense. It's like immeasurable. It's just this deep hurt. And this is because we've lost part of ourselves. You know, part of our spirit, part of our soul is gone. We have transferred like so much energy and love and support back and forth over the years with this other animal, this other being, an entity, and now it's gone. You know, and as I will say, as, I, um, as I'm recording this, my dog is kind of laying curled up beside me and snuggled up against my hip. <laughs> you know, of all the places that she could be, she is right next to me. And, you know, she could choose to be anywhere in the house, but she's right next to me. Do your, I don't know if your pets do that or not, but I know cats can sometimes be a little, you know, independent. <laughs> but, 
So, and some people um, have this spiritual connection to other other animals that are not domesticated. You know, for instance, many druids um, druids enjoy being out in nature and watching the animals, studying them, um, kind of reaching out to them with their you know with their inner energy and spirit. They want to try to reach out and you know spiritually or energetically kind of connect with these animals. And if if you've never done this, I would encourage you to try it and do it. The feeling the feeling is kind of undescribable, you know, when you're able to have that connection with a wild animal. And and I really love doing this um, on, on a lot of my walks that I go on. Um, the, probably the animals that I see most frequently, I see some deer occasionally, I see a lot of birds, cranes, ducks, um, squirrels, you know, just pause and, and look at them and just try to sense their energy that they're putting out and, and spirit that they're, they're is around them and try to try to visualize your spirit or energy you know moving across this space and connecting with them you know give them positive energy and spirit and love and just see how you feel inside and see how they respond to that and then another um, important topic of spirit and especially in druidry um, we develop a spiritual connection um, to trees and plants and most druids connect to different trees and plants, you know, compared to what others may feel connected to, either in druidry or outside druidry. And this is something to kind of pay attention to and, and take care of and build and nourish. Um, we can work to build these connections, and, you know, much like the connections and relationships to the spirit of our pets or the spirits of our friends. And these, these spirits or these beings can be a great source of peace uh, they can provide us with a place to go to feel grounded or connected when we get swept up in our busy human world. Um, you know, we can we can get so, so swept up in this man-made, human-made construct and disconnected from what lies at at true reality. And by by going out and connecting to a tree spirit or a plant spirit, you know, if you're in the city, you know, and you have a plant in your house or your apartment, you know, by connecting to these spirits, we can see through this you know, human illusion and reach out to touch that anytime. And we can also do this in um, the, the concept of the inner grove. So we talked about a grove of trees in the forest. Um, some druids will also develop an inner grove that they can go to at any time. You know, if you're on the subway or the bus or sitting in traffic and you're frustrated, you know, you can you can go to that deep inner grove and spiritually connect with other other spirits in that place to help you heal and help feel better. We can also, um, um, I don't know if you've ever done this, approached a tree or a plant that is suffering and you can tell that it is not doing well and you can feel the negative energy and the, and, and the negative spirit of this plant or tree that are suffering and we can work to heal them. Um, we can bring our energy and our spirit to them and help them. We can listen to that spirit and try to be open and understand what it needs to heal and we can help it much in the same way that we can feel that a fellow human spirit needs healing and love and support. So then to go a little bit further, um, kind of down, you know, trees and people and pet pets, they're all, you know, most people would consider them alive. But uh, what about non-druids that would see, um, you know, what about the spirit of stones or soil or clouds? You know, all, the, all of these things that don't have a heartbeat, don't, you know, pulse water through them and, and survive on nutrients, you know. Um, they they do have a spirit. So all we have to do, though, we have to take the time to look at them and to understand them. And 
like all things, if we take the time to develop a practice of looking deeply into the spirit of things, we will build this network of connectedness that we can tap into at any time, in any place, and in any situation. And again, this can help bring such a deep sense of peace and patience and love to everything around us. And if this becomes the norm, you know, if, if being able to live in peace and connection with all things, you know, if this becomes more of a habit and then it becomes something that's just you're always doing, when we get out of balance from that, we can sense it more easily. So if you're, if you're new to Druidry or this type of spiritual practice, this is something that you have to foster. Like you have to practice it and work at it and be mindful of it and keep working at it to build this connection. But eventually you get to the point where it just becomes second nature. So when, when I'm walking in the woods or, you know, if I'm sitting in a parking lot and, and I see a crow, like it's, it's, I don't even think about it. It's just, I have this connection. Um, but when I get outside of that connection and I get an ego or self or caught up in, you know, this man-made construct of reality that is really not reality, it's just an illusion, I can feel that and I can immediately go to my inner grove or find something related to nature and immediately connect with that and get back into that sense of peace and calm. So, you know, what happens eventually is we can feel that inner disturbance and we can realize what steps we need to take to get our spirit connected back to the spirit of the universe. And if we look at the circle of, you know, the elements in all the different directions with spirit at the center, it, it's a good metaphor. Um, it can help us realize when we get um, pull, pulled too far in any, any direction and we get out of balance. You know, if I'm too angry or if I'm being too intellectual or if I'm being too stubborn and grounded or if I'm just being too too watery and flimsy and, you know, wishy-washy and, you know, I don't care about things. We, If we go too far in any direction, we can pull back to that center and get back to the center of the spirit and the center of ourselves. So we can use the other elements and the, and the concept and characteristics of the elements and spiritual practices to get us back to the center of our well-being and to the center of that spirit of ourselves. So another important concept in Druidry regarding spirit is the spirit of ancestors or the spirit of future generations. And, and not just of humans, but ancestors of place and ancestors of other spirits around us. So what this does, again, this helps us to develop um, an appreciation and an understanding of the past. And it can influence our direction and actions uh, and to make positive changes to help make things better in the future for our future spiritual ancestors. And and by looking at the spirit of um, kind of future beings, we can go through life interacting with others and with our environment with a sense of respect and preservation. We can work towards improving the world around us so that it will be better for those in the future. And what this does, this keeps us from doing being um, selfish and egotistical, you know, being these mass consumers that are only living, living for the now without concern for the future, for the environment and the other spirits around us. And kind of from a similar approach, we can look at spirit from the perspective of the spirit of place. And this is a very important um, topic in Druidry as well. So there are many places on earth that have significant spirit or energy around and in the spirit of place. We can think of, 
you know, some of the more common sacred sites that people go to for worship. Uh, For instance, um, Stonehenge, you know, or any other stone circle or Glastonbury Tor. Or, you know, if you're not in in the the Britain-England area, any special place that you go to where you find solace and comfort and connection to the earth. When we go to these places, we feel this deep sense of peace and calm and that, that, you know, for a moment all is okay in the world because we are we are connecting to that spirit and that energy in that place and usually there's there's a history here in this place there is a a spirit that has been there very long and that we can connect to that and we can feel that and we similarly uh, we can also feel a negative spirit of place for instance when you know some people visit visit uh, ancient battlefields or you know, places that feel haunted or sad. These places also have their own spirit, um, albeit it's kind of a, a negative spirit. And, you know, there are people that go to these places and can help with healing that spirit of place. And all, all ancient traditions in the world have places that they visit for worship or to connect to their spiritual practice or their ancestors, a, a place that is kind of sacred to them. And, you know, we can think of people doing uh, migration walks or long walks to these places, and and the, the the reason they do these long walks rather than just you know drive in a car and then get out and go visit it, these long walks are kind of it's like an inner spiritual journey. Um, it's a it's an attempt to kind of purify your own soul and your own spirit. So when you get to this place, you are open. You're ready to connect to the spirit of that place. And you know. If you've ever camped outdoors, um, you've, you may have experienced this, um, especially if you've done like solitary camping or even just really long hikes with a destination in mind. So you, you know, you begin by physically preparing for a trip and you're kind of emo- emotionally preparing for this trip. Um, you're, you're getting your mind into this certain space and then you get there and you're taking this very long walk and then this journey and while you're on this journey you're going through physical um you know physical difficulties of the walk and you're going through mental difficulties of the walk and um, anticipating what it's going to be like when you get there you're you're going back and forth between anticipation and then being present in the moment and you know there's this whole like um process of getting out of self and being connected to the place you know and then you arrive to that place and you get this positive feeling, you know. Maybe you're you're hiking to a mountaintop to camp, or just to just to just to visit it for a moment. And you get to the top of the mountain, and then you're exposed to this the stars, or you're exposed to this vast overlook and seeing just mountains or valleys or you know the ocean, depending on where you are, or lakes or rivers, um, you know. Or maybe you are, are going to a lake or a river or a waterfall. You know, these places have energy that, that revitalize our spirit. And, um, you know, or, you know, similarly, we can bring our positive energy and, and spirit and help to infuse it into the spirit and energy of that place. And in these places, um, there, there may also be um, spiritual beings that are present inside this place. So it's not just the spirit of place. But it's also these other spiritual beings that are that are present as well. You know, we talked about the the elemental spirits. You know, like fae, fairy, uh, dryads, or gnomes, or or other earth spirits, or water spirits, or air spirits, or fire spirits that we can 
we can try to sense and try to connect with. So we may also think of um, spirit when we, you know, many people when they think of spirit, they may think of this like abstract, um, enigmatic uh, entity or being. You know, so, so some people may think of a ghost or, you know, th just the word spirit, you know, it, it has kind of a negative connotation. So or some other, you know, fantastical um, pretend being. But spirit really is, it's the, just the energy that is in all things. So Druidry generally has the belief that when we or when all things die, our energy or our spirit is transferred to another form. So we mentioned this before, you know, energy can neither be created nor destroyed. So it is just transferred. So, and again, it's okay not to believe in this, you know. Um, I guess the, the proper term would be some type of reincarnation or energy transference or whatever. But, you know, if you have a, di you have a different religion that does not believe in this, that is okay. Uh, again, Druidry is very open and accepting, and you can take Druidry and use it to enhance your own religious or spiritual practice. So this is not something you have to believe. Um, it's kind of just a general concept. Um, however, it is, more, it is more common than not in most world uh, religions and most spiritual practices. Um, so, you know, take, take that, take, you know, take that how you will. <laughs> um, but spirit is just the life force or the energy in us that keeps us moving and living. Um, and, you know, when our body gives up, our physical body gives up and can no longer function in this time, in this place, our energy leaves our body and it goes elsewhere. But where that is, is kind of dependent on, again, your religious or spiritual perspective. You know, none of us really know what happens um, at that time. But, you know, some people have had after death or near death experiences and they come back telling stories of visions, you know, the tunnels with the light at the end of the tunnel or places they've traveled to, but you know, who knows if this is real and what, what's real and what's not. And there's some interesting um, stories out there. I'm not sure if you've heard of it or not, but it's, it's just interesting, you know, kind of anecdotally. Um, there are others that are, you know, very young children, you know, three, four, five-year-old children that they tell stories of their past lives. And they are able to identify items that they had in their previous life or people that they've had in their previous life they can show them pictures and they they know their names and they can tell where they lived and in full stories you know how can they do this well if our spirit and our energy is transferable to another entity entity after the body dies uh, that makes sense you know how but how one's spirit kind of moves from one side of the world to another or even appears decades later in another part of the world, um, you know, traversing this vastness of space and time. I mean, how do they do that? But who knows? <laughs> but again, that's just a concept and, and something that is present in Druidry. But, you know, wouldn't it, be, wouldn't it be amazing to experience that or to understand kind of the, the underlying framework through which spirit travels and expresses itself in, in all things like this or over time. So in closing, um, spirit is considered the fifth element in Druidry and other pagan practices. Uh, it lies at the center of the other physical elements. And uh, spirit is, again, the essence or energy that lies behind all things. It is, uh, it's present everywhere. It's ubiquitous. It's, it's in everything. 
And much like the other elements, uh, earth, air, fire, and water, nothing can exist without spirit. So when we look at others, uh, whether in human form or animal, plant, rock, or any other form, we can acknowledge the spirit of ourselves and the spirit of the universe inside them, which connects us all. So by acknowledging your spirit, I am acknowledging my own spirit, and I am acknowledging the spirit of the universe, and I see that it is all one in the same. So I hope uh, this episode has been helpful and informative. And again, this is just introductory information. So if you're interested in this topic and this concept, I would encourage you to get out there and search for it and find some more information. And thank you for listening. Hello. I don't know if you could recognize what that sound was. I am in the woods and that was the sound of the leaves on the ground. Earlier today I recorded the spirit episode about the element of spirit. And as I was walking in the woods I was thinking, what is the spirit of this place? And what is it telling me? What do I get from it? And as I stand here, I'm in a pretty large park. Um, pulling in, you know, there's softball fields, baseball fields, um, uh, disc golf courses. Uh, people come here and mountain bike. Um, there's picnic shelters that you can rent out. And then there are trails. I don't know, it's probably 15 or 20 miles of trails in this park. And pulling in, you know, it looks like, oh, this is a really cool place to go have fun. Just do a lot of outdoor activities. But I was thinking, what is underneath the surface of that? What is the spirit of this place? And most people don't know. Um, my wife and I found this little area on one side of the park. There's a very large, beautiful, huge oak tree up on a hill. And there's a little placard out front just on the side of the road across from the park. And one day we walked over there, and this tree is kind of a, it's a commemorative plaque for the slaves and the slave owners that lived here, mostly for the slaves. And this is amazing. As I am recording this, I looked over, and there is a deer staring at me. That is, that's, this is exactly what I'm talking about, about Druidry and Spirit of Place. I'm not making this up. Now it's it looked at me, its tail, its white tail is up, and it's running away. This is what Druidry is about. This is amazing. And then it stopped, and its tail is down, and it's foraging on the ground again. Wow. Um, so, <laughs> these are the kind of things that happen, happen in Druidry because of the awareness and the change in my consciousness and my approach to things. So as I'm talking about this spirit of place and this huge oak tree with a commemorative plaque about whew, the slaves that lived here. Um, again, I am in part of the Appalachian area and this was an area that had a lot of slaves, unfortunately. And it was said on this plaque, uh, it was talking about how this big oak tree 
was a place for the slaves to come and rest under in, in the sun and to get shade and solace. And as I'm telling the story to you all, and that deer shows up and it's looking right at me. I, I don't know what it means. I could interpret it any number of ways, but it, it's just, uh, it's, these are the kind of coincidences that you come across in Druidry. So, I'm checking to make sure this is still recording. It is, okay. Um, so, you know, under the surface of this, you know, this park that's fun and you can come do all these cool activities and you can, you know, you, you can do these surface level physical activities with friends, family, whatever. Or you can get off in the woods and have a spiritual experience like I just had then. It depends on how you approach life and the spirit of the place. And so as I stand here in the woods, I'm looking around. Uh, the trees are about 90% bare now. Um, you know, there's maybe 10% of the leaves left on the trees. And these trees are, it's very thick, densely wooded. The trees are maybe 100 to 120 feet tall. And there's, you know, in the summer there's thick brush, underbrush, and you can't really walk off the trail. Um, but now, all of the leaf leaves on the brush uh, are gone too. So you can just see, I mean, I'm, I'm, uh, there's hills and valleys and there's a creek. You probably can't hear it, um, but I, I can just see everything. And it's, it's around 10 or so in the morning. So the sun is crested over a hill and is just bathing the whole forest, uh, forest in this beautiful light. You know, and there's these orange, dark brown, you know, yellowish, the whole carpet of leaves on the ground. And then this beautiful pale blue sky overhead with... A few white clouds going through and then just these thousands of vertical trees all around me that are over 100 feet tall so um, you know what what would the people that lived in this area era area the the ancestors of this place not the spirit of place necessarily but the ancestors that would have lived here the slaves or the slave owners or you go back to before people arrived here from Europe. What would what would the Native Americans been doing in this area? Uh, are their spirits still here? Are their ancestors still here? Um, what about before the Native Americans? Who was here then? What about the dinosaurs? What how how are their spirits? Are their spirits here? Um, you know, so these are the kind of things you can you can think about and try to connect to and understand. And just depending on what you want to connect to and what you want to think about and how you want to relate to the spirit of things, whether it be a place, a tree, a plant. Um, you know, as I look around, um, this um, in the Appalachians, you know, it's pretty, uh, pretty moist area. So um, there are still a lot of ferns or huge ferns all in these rock outcroppings. Um, you know, I look all around and I see it. And as I was walking into the park, uh, where there where there's not trees um, for the leaves to come down, there's still um, some green grass. So there's green grass, and then there's the grass that is starting to die. So some of that grass is kind of you know yellowish brown. It's kind of fading away. And if you didn't know that it was fall, if I came here, um, you know, without any context of the season or what time of year it was. This is a very liminal, transitional time. 
Um, you know, this could be early spring since there's some some green grass and the ferns, or it could be late fall as it is. Um, it just it's, it's all about perspective with druidry. You know, as I'm walking down through the tree, um, this pathway, there are these large trees, and they have little little hollows, little cutouts. Um, not that any humans have made, but just little openings that go into some of the spaces. And um, some spiritual paths would say that that is an entrance to another world. It's an entrance to the underworld. Or it may be home to a forest spirit. A fae, fae folk, or a fairy, or a, dru um, a dryad under a tree. Sorry, that was my dog's leash clicking. You know, a dryad or a gnome or something. And so sometimes when you go to these places and walk around, if you if you look closely, there are other people that may have uh, kind of similar spiritual beliefs or practices, or some people that are just interested in it. You know, think of it as fun. But you might see little offerings in these little holes. I don't know if people do that um, where you live, but if you're out in the forest on a pathway or park that's frequented by a lot of people look around at the base of trees or, or rocks and if you see little holes see if there's anything there sometimes it's food some people like to paint rocks and make little offerings um, but but when we go into the forest we're going into another realm we're going into this non-human residence <clears throat> And, and we need to approach it with uh, reverence and caution and appreciation and connection. For instance, I mean, I would not have had that experience if I had just come in here, you know, head down, headphones in, power walking through the woods. I would never have seen that deer. But because I'm in the mindset of connecting to this spirit of place, I, I was able to have that experience. You know, and listening to the leaves under my feet and the wind blow through the trees and have the sunlight coming in and seeing spider webs in the sunlight. You know, I get to experience that and I can connect with it and think about it on many different levels because I'm thinking about the spirit of each one of those. So I hope you're all having a good day. I hope you enjoyed the episode. And sorry I'm out of breath from walking. <laughs> Thank you for listening. Thanks. Thank you so much for joining in at the Druid's Grove. I thoroughly enjoyed sharing this time and information with you. I hope you learned something and are inspired to build a connection to the earth and the world around you. If you liked what was shared, please feel free to give back at Buy Me A Coffee. Join me on Substack, where I have transcripts, or listen on YouTube, and find the group on social media. For more information, check the show notes. I'll see you in the Grove. Until next time.